the book of Luke. This is, we just hover on passages, uh, take it one verse at a time, and when we feel led, we just hover on the same group of passages and use it as a springboard to talk about important stuff. Um, and so we've been four weeks now on three verses. And, uh, you know, there's probably, on one level, no more boring way to uh, go through a sermon series. But I hope you're finding that as you just patiently mine the Word of God, it just can bring out stuff you never otherwise would have noticed. And so we've been turning this church into, the last couple of weeks, the Church of St. Anna, where we are here called the Church of St. Anna. I've never been fond of the name Woodland Hills Church anyways, uh, and so we're, we're calling it Church of St. Anna. And then we'll change our name later on, uh, in a, you know, bridge or, you know, whatever the next sermon is, we'll change our, we'll, we'll alter our name according to the sermon series. That's what we'll do. That's a great idea. Okay, Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to be entitling this message cryptically, Creating the Laser Beam. It's pretty obvious why I'm calling it that, but, uh, you know. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Luke chapter 2. There was also a prophetess. And what we're doing here is we're looking at Anna as sort of a microcosm of this kingdom revolution that's going on that we're all a part of. And so we're finding truths about the kingdom in Anna. There's a prophetess Anna that always tells us that uh, women can be used by God to speak under the inspiration and with the authority of God. And so that in the kingdom of God, ministry shouldn't be gender-based. Uh, rather, it should be based on your giftedness and on God's calling on your life. She was the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Tells us that senior citizens have a very important role to play in the body of Christ. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. Tells us that in the body of Christ is a very important role for single people and for widows and widowers. Uh, she never left the temple but worshipped night and day. That tells us that there's a very important role for solitude in the body of Christ. That we, as we said last week, need, need to carve out time in our life to be alone with God. And uh, worshiping is a central aspect of kingdom life. We spoke about that several weeks ago. And she was fasting and praying. We'll be talking about praying here this morning. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks. She was talking to Joseph and Mary here after they dedicated their child to the Lord. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. One more passage I want us to read before we get into the message is James chapter 5. Where James says, Confess your sins to each other. And there he's just saying, be honest with one another. We need to have context where we can be out loud without shame and judgment about the sin in our life. Confess sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Everyone say powerful. powerful. And effective. Say effective. Amen. The word for powerful there comes from the, the prefix uh, polis, and it's skyros. Polis just means uh, uh, many, or multitude, or great. It's an emphatic word. It's very powerful. It's amplified power. Prayer is amplified power, and it's effective. The word there is energe. We get the word energy from it. It's energizing. Prayer releases an energy that builds the kingdom and that changes the world. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Anna was a prayer warrior. And it tells us that it, to be a part of the kingdom means that we are to be prayer warriors. Uh, here's what I want to do. I did it the first two services, and even though I feel a breakage here, I, 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 you know, something's been released, 
I, I want to uh, do this. I feel led to do this. I would like to have, you know, in the Old Testament, they had these things called watchers. They stood guard. Um, uh, the parallel in the New Testament would be this. There's a place for people who, who oversee a particular event or a particular ministry in prayer. That's their role. I would like to have at least four people in this congregation, bold people who believe in the power of prayer, and to have one stationed at every corner of this room. I'm okay with more than that. If we get five people in each corner or whatever. But I, I, what I would like is some people who would commit to stand and be praying for the message and to be praying. Just like the, the people backstage are doing. Uh, we got, I got my back covered. Now I need the front covered. And be praying that God would be, uh, Holy Spirit would be moving to remove every stronghold in our life to receive this word. and to, So the word of God would not return void but would accomplish all that God wants. If you want to commit for the rest of this service to be praying for the message and, 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 and for, for the body here. Would you just stand up right now and go to one of these four corners, all right? I don't care how many people we have. I want at least four, uh, as long as there's something about the space uh, and covering that with space. Thank you very much. Just go there, and you can, you can lift your hands in prayer. You can just pray standing still, but just stand and keep it covered in prayer. Amen. Amen. I know that's a little strange for some of us. So what? Uh, the, everything about the kingdom is strange. We're getting kind of used to being strange, aren't we? It's almost a prerequisite. If you're going to be in the kingdom, you've got to be strange. That's why I feel so at home in the kingdom. <laughs> all right. All right, can we all stand? Thanks, you guys. Just keep us covered. Just keep it. I appreciate that. It's powerful and effective in prayer. Grab the hand of the person next to you, and we're all going to pray. There's the person next to you, and we're all going to pray here. We have kingdom authority in prayer. It's powerful and effective. Just agree with me in prayer here. Father, we thank you that you have called us to be your kingdom kids, and we thank you that you hear us, that you found us, that you save us, as we, as we sang just a little bit ago. Father, we right now want to use our authority in the spiritual realm through the power of prayer for the person on our right. Lord, we agree with you that they have unsurpassable worth, and we thank you, Lord God, that you love them to the point of dying for them on Calvary. Lord, we just pray that you would bless them in every way, Lord. Bless their health, bless their relationships. And Lord, we pray that you'd open up their minds and open up their hearts to receive your word here this morning. Do all that you will in their life, in Jesus' name. And we pray for the person on our left. We pray, Lord God, that you would just bless them, bless their relationships, bless their finances, and bless their health, Lord God. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to be opening up their minds and opening up their hearts. Remove any veil that might be there to help them to see truth and to receive truth and to be transformed by truth here this morning. Father, we together as a group align our will with your will on behalf of our children, and we pray, Lord, that there be a release of spiritual energy in our children's ministry right now, Lord God. Bless the workers and give them wisdom and give them, if they need it, stamina and excitement about what they're doing. And open the minds and the hearts of those little children to receive your word and to be changed by your word. Lord, we together agree in Jesus' name on behalf of our, our young people in the youth ministry. We pray that there be a fire that just falls from heaven this moment as we're praying. Lord God, just let it fall, Lord God. Anoint the, the message, anoint the worship, Lord God, and just bind them together to be the army that, that you want them to be. Father, we right now join together on behalf of uh, uh, Trin Tranberg. Uh, there's been a sense that there's something going on in, in her life over there in Cambodia right now, Lord. And we just thank you for the ministry you've given her as, as she's been sent out among us to minister to the Vietnamese over there. We just pray, Lord God, that your spirit would surround her and bless her. If there's any conflict going on, any warfare going on, any sorrow going on, any discouragement going on, Holy Spirit, would you just surround her right now and comfort her and, and, and heal her if that's necessary and anoint her and encourage her for the ministry that she's a part of. 
Lord God, we just pray that right now your spirit would envelop this place, be a fortress of protection, Lord God, and just create this, uh, let your Shekinah glory hover over us in this message to make us the kingdom people that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We just changed the world a little bit. Now, here's the question. Theological question. Why do we do what we just did? And the immediate answer, of course, would be, well, because the Bible tells us to do that, and that's a good answer, and that satisfies most people, but it never satisfied me. Uh, I, my brain gets in the way a lot, and, and I used to wonder this. A lot of people wonder this. Why do we pray? Because God is all-powerful, and God's all-good. So, if something's good to do, if God's all good, he's going to do it, and he has the power to do it. And if something's not all good, he's not going to do it. So what are we asking God to do? If we're asking him to do a good thing, he was going to do it anyways. If we're asking him to do less than a good thing, he's not going to do it even though we ask him. So either way, it seems like our asking him is irrelevant. That's a good point, don't you think? Uh, why, 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 why do we pray? Are we helping God out? Does he need us to, to empower him to do something? No, he's all powerful, right? Um, so, so what is going on? Are we twisting God's arm to try to get him to do something he doesn't want to do? Uh, you know, some people have this image of prayer sort of like a little kid in a candy store pulling on dad's you know, shirt saying, Dad, can I, can I please, please give me, give me, give me, oh, I want, I want, I want. Is that what we're doing? Oh, God, we just heal, Lord, heal. Just send your healing power. And, and you know, trying to twist God's arm. To, doesn't he already want to bring healing? What are we doing when we pray? It's, a, it's, a, it's an important theological issue, especially because... The dominant theology of the church throughout history has really said, indirectly if not directly, that prayer really doesn't change anything. Uh, I love C.S. Lewis. He's one of my greatest uh, authors that I love to read, and I agree with almost everything he says. He's so insightful. But on the matter of prayer, I, I, I just have to disagree with him because he espouses the traditional uh, position. Uh, some of you saw the movie Shadowlands, which is about his life. And it's, a, it's a great movie. Uh, but there's one scene in Shadowlands that really is taken from history where uh, he's newly married, and uh, the, the night that they got married, uh, they're going to bed for the first time. And he gets down beside the bed and starts to pray. Well, his new wife apparently is not a prayer, and, and so she says, why do you do that? You know, wh wh what are you trying to do there? And he says, and this is very traditional, well, I'm not trying to change God or to change anything. I'm not praying for God's sake. I'm praying for my own sake. And, and a lot of people hold that view. In fact, that's the dominant theological position. God doesn't really, or prayer doesn't really impact God, doesn't alter what God's going to do, and so it really doesn't alter the course of history. Prayer is for our sake. It, it, it builds us up. It encourages us. It, it grows us spiritually. In fact, in the dominant theology of the church, the understanding has been that, that all of history, every detail of history is sort of settled, fixed in eternity before it ever begins. And so there's nothing to change. You can't change what is eternally fixed. Prayer doesn't change anything. It just changes us. Now, I agree that prayer does change us, and that is a good in and of itself. Prayer does build you up, it grows you, it gives you spiritual insight. But I want to submit to you that prayer doesn't only do that. Rather, a biblical perspective should lead us to conclude that prayer genuinely changes things. Here's why this is important. 
unless you're convinced and can see the rationale for that prayer changes things, you're going to have a hard time uh, praying passionately. At least it's going to be harder for you to pray as passionately as you would if you did believe that things really hung in the balance. Prayer, if you think that everything is settled and that God's going to do whatever God's going to do, que sera, sera, and that prayer is only for your sake, prayer can begin to feel like a pro forma activity. A pro forma, a pro forma committee is a committee that uh, looks like it's there to do something, but really it doesn't do anything. I've been on committees like that, where uh, it looks like you're commissioned to decide who's going to get hired. But you strongly suspect, and maybe you even have proof, that in fact the decision's already been made and that the administration's going to hire whoever they want, and they just give you, put you on this committee to make you feel like you're empowered. But really, you know, now if you believe that it's a pro forma thing, you're just going, pro forma means according to form, you're just going through the motions. If you believe that, you might still do it. I did still do it because it was part of my job description and I don't want to get fired. But I'm not going to do it passionately. I'm not going to get in there and say, oh, we need to really look at the credentials here and examine it and, and, and you know, to, to decide to find the right person. I'll do the bare minimum to, to, to keep my job, but I'm not going to do it with passion because I don't believe that anything really hangs on it. So it is with prayer. You may pray out of obedience to the word of God, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and that's a good thing. But if you don't think that anything really is going to be changed by it, you're probably not going to do it as passionately as you would if you did believe that things are really changed through the power of prayer. From a biblical perspective, prayer changes things. It's powerful and effective to change things. There's a great illustration of this in the Old Testament. It's one of those many bizarre stories you read in the Old Testament. And God taught with bizarre examples to drive home important points that we could remember. In this particular bizarre story that has to do with the power of prayer, it comes from Exodus chapter 17. The, uh, the Israelites are, are waging war against the Amalekites because back in those days, uh, God was working through a nationalistic military agenda. And so the Israelites were going against the Amalekites. Now, God told Moses to go up on a hill and to raise his hands in prayer. And the passage says here, as long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever his hands got tired and he started to lower those hands, the Amalekites were winning. So when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Bizarre story. Hands are raised, the Israelites are winning. Hands go down, the Israelites are losing. What's God trying to tell us? What he's telling us here is this. The battle doesn't belong to the swift and the strong. The battle belongs to the prayer warrior. On the hill, we're off from the battlefield. He's doing his own kind of a battlefield. From a natural perspective, if you're thinking like a normal human being, you would assess the situation uh, this way, you'd say that the battle will go to the one who's the, 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 the army that's got the most soldiers and has got the fastest horses and has done the most preparation and has got the wisest commander and they got the best weapons. Uh, the battle will go to, to the one who is, who, who's done the most prep uh, for the battle. But what this passage is saying is that while Joshua for sure had to do due diligence in preparing his army, uh, you know, you, you have to do natural things to, to push things forward, what the passage is telling us is that while that's true, the decisive variable that determined the outcome of the war had nothing to do with the strongest and the wisest and who's got the best weapons and things of that sort. The battle was decided 
uh, on the basis of this man on the hill raising his arms, doing intercession on behalf of the Israelites. Prayer really makes a difference. It affects what comes to pass. The Bible doesn't say that Moses' attitude towards the war was changed because he was praying. The, the passage is saying that the outcome of the battle hung on whether or not Moses prayed. Prayer makes a difference. It's powerful and effective in making a difference. Jesus didn't say, you know, uh, the Bible says, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Jesus doesn't say ask and, and it will change your attitude towards the question. <laughs> he doesn't say seek and you'll, you'll change your attitude towards what is lost. He doesn't say knock and your attitude towards closed doors will greatly improve. Ah, uh -uh. The Bible says ask and you'll find, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. Prayer makes a difference. In the world, it changes the course of things. Jesus didn't say, say to this mountain, be ye removed, and your attitude towards the mountain will change. Now he says, say to the mountain, be removed, and do it with faith, and the mountain will be removed. And so it is over and over again in the Bible. Prayer changes things. Yes, it changes us. It, it, it transforms us. But it's not just a pro forma activity that's for our sake. Rather, God's wired it into the fabric of creation that, that whether the extent to which his will is done on earth as it is in heaven to a large degree depends on whether his people who understand him and understand his ways and are called by him, uh, whether his people will be on their knees interceding in prayer. The battle hangs in the balance on whether or not the people of God will pray. Prayer changes things. Now some of us, amen. Some of us read the newspaper and watch the news, and if you do read the newspaper and watch the news, uh, you saw this week, around Thursday, a report that came out that scientists have determined that prayer doesn't change anything. Have some of you seen that study? Yeah, scientists, they did a study, and, and they've come up with their conclusion that prayer doesn't change anything. So, who's right, them or me? Me. <laughs> I want to talk about this study here. There is at least three things I'd say in response to this scientific study that claims to show, to prove that prayer doesn't make any difference. Problem number one, the study is fundamentally flawed. Fundamentally flawed. Among other problems with the study, there's this. Uh, any scientist will tell you that the effectiveness of any particular experiment hangs on whether or not you're able to isolate the relevant variables. You have to be able to, uh, to know what you're looking for and isolate all other things that could possibly influence the outcome of the experiment. You've got to isolate the variables. But see, you just can't, in a scientific experiment, isolate the relevant variables. For example, uh, in this study, um, the, the, the faith of the people praying affects the outcome of prayer, and the faith of the people being prayed for affects the outcome of, of prayer. That wasn't factored into this experimental situation. Uh, what's going on in the spiritual realm affects the, the, the impact of prayer. What kind of warfare is going on? How much opposition do you have? How strong is the opposition? How many is the opposition? How many resources is available in the spiritual realm on your side? All of those things affect the outcome of prayer. For example, in Daniel 10, Daniel prays and there's interference in the spiritual realm, so it takes 21 days for this prayer to be answered. So the interference in the spiritual realm affects the outcome of prayer. Did they isolate that variable in this experimental situation? No. And that means this, uh, this experiment is contaminated. Here's another variable. God's will. What if God is getting tired of being put in a test tube? 
What if he decides, you know what, I'm not going to play this game anymore. Uh, I'm withdrawing all the, the power in prayer. That's an important variable that they didn't factor into. The study is fundamentally flawed. In fact, prayer isn't the kind of thing that you can, you can't put God in a test tube and expect him to respond like some kind of amoeba getting an electrical shock. Uh, God is God, and, and uh, he decides what he's going to do. And so the, the, the very idea of having testable things like this is not worthless, but, it, but it, 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 you've got to really be suspicious of the outcomes. But problem number two, if you want to have scientific studies on the power of prayer, take a broad perspective on it. And what you'll find is that there's been numerous studies that have been done up till this one, and they claim that they've proven that prayer is powerful and effective. Here's two studies that I've read. Uh, Dossie's uh, book, Healing Words, The Power of, of Prayer and the Practice of Medicine, pulls together a number of, of uh, researches that have been done. He argues that there's really good evidence that prayer, in fact, changes things. It's a very important thing to include in, in hospital settings, he argues. Matthews wrote a book called The Faith Factor, Proof of the Healing Power of Prayer, where, again, he brings together the latest research, some of it done at Harvard Medical School, on the, 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 the benefit of praying for people. So you've got to take a broad perspective on this, and, and uh, at the very least, you'd have to say that given the different outcomes of these uh, experimental situations, the evidence is inconclusive. But the third and the most important thing I'd say is this. Our faith isn't based on the latest scientific quote-unquote discoveries. Our faith is based on the Word of God, and the Word of God tells me that prayer is powerful and effective, and I believe it. At the end of the day, you got to come to this stance. God said it, I believe it, and it settles it for me. And you don't need a PhD in theology to figure that one out. You've got the teaching over and over again in Scripture, and, uh, and you've got numerous illustrations that God uses prayer to bring about His will on earth as it is in heaven. And you'll find, if you're a person who is committed to disciplined prayer regularly, you'll find that as you, as you put this principle of Scripture to your own test, that, that, that God does verify it. How many people in this room would say that in the last year you've prayed and you've seen an answer to that prayer? Raise your hand. There you go. There's my scientific experiment. Proof. <laughs> Put that on your pipe and smoke it, scientists. You'll find as you walk in this, no, it takes faith to pray, and it usually takes faith to see the answer to prayer. It's not the kind of thing you can always put in a test tube and verify. There's all, all, often other ways of explaining things. But if you walk in it, if you walk in obedience and prayer, you'll see, not always, but at times, outcomes to your prayers, sometimes supernaturally. This last week, uh, uh, we got a phone call from a, from a friend, and, and uh, uh, they were in the middle of a, of, of a very uh, tough marital uh, fight. It was just not going very well, and um, it, it was looking pretty ugly. So we talked, and, and then when they hung up, my wife and I just, you know, prayed. Did, did some intercession on behalf of this couple. And we just said, Lord, just bring your peace. Lord God, bring forgiveness. Bring reconciliation to this tough marriage situation. Lord God, Holy Spirit, would you just open their eyes to see, uh, you know, truth. And we come against the enemy who's always trying to pollute, pollute marriages, to break down lines of communication, whatever. So we did an intercession prayer. Not a real big deal, just a little, little kind of zeroing in. Next morning, we get a call from this person, and they said, hey, it was really amazing. I, I thought this was, you know, last night it looked like, you know, this marriage might not make it. But right after we talked, uh, we were able, after I talked with you, we, I went out of the bedroom and, and, and talked to the husband, and, and, and uh, it was really weird because there was a peace there, and we were able to talk through issues, and, and, and we really love each other, and, and, and the, the issue's been resolved. Now, now I, I, I'm saying praise God. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. 
No, is, would, would that be, you know, pass a scientific, scientifically rigid test? No, probably not. But I've got, I've got warrant and justification on the basis of the word of God to believe that God answers prayer. And I pr- we prayed, and there was an answer to the prayer, and so I'm praising God for that. We had a person several months ago who came up here and had a tumor. The, the doctors found a tumor in their brain, and they're going to have to operate, and there's a likelihood that it would cause some brain damage, and they may not be able to get it all, in which case the person would die. She's 24 years old and understandably very distressed about this thing. So we do intercession prayer because we believe God heals people, and we prayed for this person. Got a report several weeks ago that she went down to Mayo Clinic, and they could not find a tumor. The tumor was gone. Amen. Now, the doctors, uh, and God bless them, I, I praise God for doctors, you know, th- 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 that's a godly thing, but they can't figure this out, so their assumption is they must have misread the original diagnosis. And see, that's, that's possible, isn't it? It's possible. I suppose there might be a way, if you really were aggressive about it, to try to, like, figure this all out, but there's no need to. What I know is this. God loves to heal people. God uses prayer. We pray for the person, and it looks like they're healed, and so I'm going to praise God for that. You see... It's about moving forward in prayer. When you pray with faith and look for the answer in faith, very frequently you'll you'll find that there are answers there. God uses prayer. God relies on prayer. Now, we still haven't addressed the theological question. Why? Why would an all-powerful, all-good God put himself in a position where he needs us to pray to get his will done on earth as it is in heaven? Didn't God want to bring peace and love and healing to this uh, marital situation before my wife and I prayed for it? Obviously he did. So why didn't he? Why did he wait for us to pray before he did that? To answer that, I think, very legitimate question, you've got to go back to the reason why God created us in the first place. Here's what it says in Genesis. It says, God, God said, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule. And then it lists a bunch of things that we're supposed to rule over. What it tells us here is that, uh, that God gave us, from the very beginning, a job description. And the job description was this. We're to align our will with his will and have dominion over this world. And we are to extend his loving, compassionate, benevolent character to the earth, to the animal kingdom, and to each other. God wants to be Lord of the entire creation, but he doesn't want to do it unilaterally, dictatorial, dictatorially, because he's a social God whose main objective is love. So he creates free creatures, places them down here, and says, here's the deal. I want you to, out of love for me, choose to walk in accordance with me, and I give you this domain of responsibility. I want to be Lord of the earth, but I want to do it through you. And so we are created to be sort of God's administrators or his vice regents, uh, his delegates here on earth, and our job is to carry out his will on earth as it is in heaven. That's one of the reasons why we're here. Now, we, in our primordial past, rebelled against God. And we ended up surrendering that authority to rule the world over to God's arch enemy, Satan, and the whole kingdom of darkness, which is why Satan is now called the God of this age and the principality and power of the air. But God is about recovering that, and he does it through the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ comes into this world, he plants this countercultural revolutionary kingdom that has been growing ever since. And one of the main things that that kingdom does is this. When a person surrenders their heart to Jesus Christ, they're pulled out of the kingdom of darkness dominion and pulled under the dominion of God. And now the original plan for humanity is being restored. We're given an authority to once again carry out God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And we do it in a lot of different capacities, but a central one is through the power of prayer. This is why Jesus gives the church, that's all who are part of the kingdom, gives the church this authority in in Matthew chapter 16. 
He says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm giving you that authority to bind up things that need to be bound up and to set free things and people that need to be set free. You really do have that authority. And in giving us that, he's simply reiterating the authority we had from the very beginning. But now in the church, it's being recovered. The proper order of uh, the proper relationship between us and God, us and each other, and us and the planet is, is being restored uh, with the advance of the kingdom of God. God has not given up his goal of having humans rule. That's why it says in Revelation chapter 5, you've made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on the earth. That's been the plan from the start. 2 Timothy chapter 2, if we endure, we will also reign with him. God's goal has always been to have a bride who sits on the throne with him, and, and the, agree, the agreement between us and him is what expands the rule of God on this earth. The agreement is all important. Revelations 20 said, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Over these the second death has no power, but they will uh, be priests of God and of Christ. A priest is one who mediates. We're to mediate the character and the will of God to the earth and to all others. And they will reign with him a thousand years. And people debate whether the thousand years is literal or not. I think it is a symbolic thing uh, that just shows the next epic. The next eon is to be us sitting on the throne with Christ, uh, doing what God created us and saved us to do, and that's about ruling. What happens after that eon? I have no idea. God takes it one eon or one age at a time. But that's been God's goal. So everything we do in our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds, in our life, and in our prayer is to be about bringing God's will on earth as it is in heaven. That's why in the only, the only place where Jesus tells us specifically how to pray, he says this, pray this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That just means your name, your character is, is distinct, it's holy. Uh, it's not like anything else in this world. Uh, Lord, and, and our job is to keep that holy. Lord, hallowed be your name. Your that holy, that distinct kingdom come, your kingdom come, and your will, that holy, distinct will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All of our prayer is about bringing a congruity between our will and God's will that his will gets done on earth as it is in heaven. Which, if you'll notice this, presupposes that God's will isn't right now being done. You see, if, if, the, the traditional theology holds that well, everything that happens is somehow part of God's will. But see, it's really hard to pray passionately, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if you also believe that God's will is already being done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom people need to see that this world right now is not largely in alignment with the will of God. It is a war zone. There's diabolical stuff going on all around us. There's bondage all around us. And our unique job and significance and opportunity and responsibility as kingdom people is to, out of our relationship with God, to bring his will on earth as it is in heaven, to storm the gates of hell, to tear down strongholds, to set people free. And prayer is a central part of that whole kingdom activity. Somebody say amen. Amen. Okay, you can think of it like this. And some of you are sitting there saying, yes, but what does that have to do with the laser beam? Here's what it has to do with the laser beam. Light can be thought of as a particle or a wave, and we have to think of it as both, actually. But right now, let's think of it as a wave. It has wave characteristics. So here's a wave. Now, most light has something like this. You've got some, some rays, as it were, uh, with this frequency, uh, but then you have others that are going at a kind of a, a opposite frequency, and then there's some that are kind of going on this frequency and, and whatever. This kind of light isn't very strong. It doesn't really do much. It sheds light on subjects, but it doesn't uh, pierce walls. 
Uh, because what happens is that the, in, the incongruence, or what is called in physics the incoherence, of these different waves cancel each other out. Like two water waves coming together, they, they, they crash each other and they cancel each other out. You see, and so, so when there's different frequencies, you don't have a real strong light. But if you have a light like this, here's one frequency, and here's another, and here's another. If the frequencies cohere, if there's coherence, that's called a laser beam. And depending on the frequency of the laser beam, these things can, are, can be very, very powerful. Uh, the, a laser beam where you've got sufficiently uh, strong coherence going on there can pierce through, through uh, metal, can pierce, it, it can cut diamonds. This is one of the most powerful things known to human beings. When you get light in agreement with each other, it's a laser beam and it can do incredible, incredible things. Here's the analogy. Here's God's will, right like this. And the way God sends forth laser beams in this world is when we get our will in alignment with his. And we walk in obedience to him and through the power of prayer. And the more we get, the stronger this thing is. As, you know, now God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Church, we are to be not just diffracted, incoherent light, where we're doing our own little lives and going about our own little ways. Rather, here's God's will, and our job is to align our will with His will. Through worship, we do this. We, we, we bring coherence between us and God. And in prayer, we bring coherence between us and God. And in the way we think and the way we live, we bring coherence between us and God. And as you're doing that, you are becoming a laser beam. Uh, and, and now God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. And this laser beam has the power to cut through stuff that nothing else on this planet can cut through. This laser beam can cut through strongholds. It can th cut through calluses of unbelief. It can cut through wounds. It can cut through bitterness. It has the power to accomplish God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And that is what we are called to do. And God has wired it into creation such that he has his will. He tells us his will right here in his word and through his spirit today. He tells us his will. But this will will not get done as much as God wants it to get done unless the people of God will say yes to it and agree with it and align with it and will spend time in prayer just calling down God's will on earth as it is in heaven. This is powerful and this is effective. It releases an energy from heaven. It's laboring with God in the spiritual realm. This is why God calls us partners. He calls us co-laborers with him. We are working with God to bring his will on earth as it is in heaven. He's got the power to do it on his own. But he's not a dictatorial, manipulative God. He's a social God. And so he genuinely binds himself in a covenant with this. There are things that I want to have done that won't get done unless my people, who are called by my name, will align themselves with us. This is, if we see it from a scriptural perspective, this is a matter of urgency. It is our greatest opportunity. It is the significance of our life that we get to be used to further this revolutionary kingdom through the power of prayer. But this is a matter of urgency. You can't say that prayer makes a difference without saying that the lack of prayer also makes a difference. When we don't pray, things that God wants to have done just don't get done. Here's what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If my people... Note the if... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they'll do this, uh, then will they hear from heaven and I will heal their land. If then, if then, there are more if-thens associated with prayer than any other human activity in the Bible. If my people will pray, then will they hear from heaven. And God ends this passage by saying, now my eyes are open and my ears are tuned to you, or open to you. 
And what God is saying there is this. Uh, here's the deal. If you pray, then you'll have healing. I'm waiting. My eyes are open. I'm listening. Will you, the ball's in your court. You know what I want to do. I want to bring healing. But it's not going to happen unless the people of God humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It's a matter of urgency that the people of God take this seriously. This ain't some pro forma religious activity. Things really hang in the balance. Whether or not a nation is healed hangs in the balance. Whether or not people are saved, whether or not marriages are restored, whether or not we see and experience the glory of God in our midst hangs in the balance on whether or not the people will pray. Whether we make advance in spiritual warfare hangs upon whether or not there are some Moses is up on the hill who are just doing intercession like these folks around this auditorium right now, praying and interceding, that, creating a laser beam for God to zero in this world and accomplish his will. Here's how much hangs on it. Exodus chapter 22, a passage that never ceases to blow my mind. It says this, the people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and the needy, and they don't even treat foreigners right. They, 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 they mistreat them, denying them justice. And by the way, Almost all the time when God is mad at Israel, it's for those issues. Not caring for the poor, not caring for the needy, ripping people off, not treating foreigners right. Uh, and, and, and those are the things that are closest to God's heart. Uh, okay. He says, I look for someone to stand, that, that, that would uh, build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. Oh, look it. There was other times, a number of times in the Bible, where God says, you know, the destruction is coming on the land. He's working out of a covenantal relationship with the nation of Israel. Because back in those days, there, it, God was working through a national program. And part of the covenant was, that, was this. If you walk with me, you'll get blessed. But if you don't walk with me, you'll get, you'll get judged. And God is a God of integrity, and he does what he says. So because they're not walking with God, as evidenced by the way they treat the poor and the needy and the foreigners, uh, God, God has to judge them. But he doesn't want to. Judgment is never God's preference. Punishment is never God's preference. But he's also wired it into the fabric of creation that prayer makes an incredible difference. And so if he can find someone to pray on behalf of the land, even though they're mistreating the needy and, and, and the poor and the foreigner, even though they're doing that, judgment won't come. So God tries to raise up a prayer warrior, but no one was listening and no one, no one was willing to get into congruity with God's real will. And so judgment came on the land. Think about this. It was wrong for Israel to be mistreating the poor and oppressing the needy and to mistreating foreigners. That, that was wrong. And they deserved judgment, but that's not the ultimate reason why judgment came. The ultimate reason why judgment came is because nobody prayed. The ultimate reason was because there's nobody who would stand in the gap and be doing what these folks are doing right now around this auditorium. Uh, if God could have found one person, the text suggests, one person to pray, the nation would have been spared. Can we begin to believe that that much could hang in the balance on prayer? It, it blows me away. That when 9-11 happened, you get, and this is very predictable, a bunch of religious people on the radio and on television who use these opportunities of misery to go after their favorite scapegoat, scapegoat sin, sin group. And so you blame, the, the reason why God lifted the protection on America is because uh, you know, of, of the, the gay right activists or the evolutionists or the abortionists or, or the liberals, the ACLU or whatever. It's just like a favorite hobby of religious people to, to, to play the blame game. But if we're looking at things scripturally, first of all, the reason why God lifts protection from nations is not usually about that. It's about how we treat the poor and the needy and the oppressed. You find that all over the place in the Bible. But even more fundamentally, even more fundamentally, 
If you want to play the blame game, which, by the way, Jesus tells us in Luke 13 we shouldn't be playing. But if you want to play the blame game and find out who's responsible for America not being protected, the place to look is in the mirror, kingdom people. In the mirror and ask, have we really been praying? Because as I understand this passage, you can have a whole lot of messy stuff going on in your country, but if the people of God are doing intercession on behalf of that country, there'll be protection that is there. Instead of looking for dust particles in other people's eyes, we maybe should pay attention to the two-by-fours in our own eyes and ask, have we really been praying enough? Have we really been interceding for our, our, our leaders and praying for the world and praying for peace? There's a reason why God over and over again tells the people of God to be in prayer. It's because things really matter. Things really hang in the... God is serious about this. He's really serious. There's a reason why he tells us to pray for our leaders and to pray for peace. And, and, and the reason why he tells us to pray for the lost and to pray that God's will gets done and to pray for healing and to pray for restoration and to pray for the body of Christ and to pray for revival and to pray for the Spirit being poured out is because the rule is this. If you pray, God shows up. If you pray, then there's healing. If you pray, then there's fire. If you pray, then there's protection. But if you don't, if you don't, all bets are off people of God. We've got to take this so seriously. God calls us to be, he says, my temple, my, my house will be called a house of prayer. We are the house. And God calls us to a place of prayer. Place of prayer. Here's what I want to do as we close this service. But we're not even close to closing this service, so don't get antsy. <laughs> I want to do this. Um, uh, Dave, would you come up? I, I, wanna, I want us to enter into another time of worship. Uh, Ten minutes or so. And the, 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 the impression that I have been getting uh, for some time here is it, I, it's almost like I feel like we're boxing. And there's two punches we got. We got the, the punch of, of worship and we got the, the punch of prayer. And so we, we jab, jab, worship, punch, punch, prayer. And, and, and we're, we're fighting the enemy. This is, this is kingdom warfare. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. And so we worship, worship, prayer, prayer. Worship, worship, prayer, prayer. Worship, prayer, worship, prayer. Worship, worship, prayer, prayer. And, and, and when we come together, I want to just be saturating this place with worship and prayer, worship and prayer. All of this is getting us into alignment with God. Getting us in alignment with God. And we're creating a laser beam. So what I want to do, I want us all to stand. And we're going to enter into a time of worship. If, listen to this. If you are, have it in your heart that you are, will, are willing to make a commitment to take prayer in your life more seriously, whatever that means, I, I'm not going to put a number on it or anything, but you'll, you'll take prayer more seriously. Your opportunity and responsibility as a prayer warrior. If, if you're willing to make that commitment, I want you to step out right now and come forward and just stand up here. Uh, come on, come on down and just stand all around here if you're willing to make that. If you have a need in your life that you want to have prayed for, I want you to come forward, okay? We're going to get a lot of people there, so come in the middle here and, and just fill up all this whole thing. There's something about coming forward. Someone told me this testimony uh, yesterday that, that they'd never stepped out and come forward, uh, but they did it this one week. And when they did, something broke. There's something about the physicality of that. There's something about our togetherness up here. Come forward if you want to have prayer for anything. Come forward if you're willing to make this commitment. Now, the rest of us, Let's get our, 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 our wills aligned here. And you guys who came forward, same thing. And we're going to worship God, just exalt him, lift him up with passion and truth. And uh, as God leads you, be praying for the people who have come forward here that God would seal this commitment and also meet whatever need that they have. I want to ask the people who have been praying around the auditorium, as much as you're able, would you just come and in back of these folks, just be saying prayers over them, and I'll be praying for them up here. Let's pray that God will move, that a laser beam will be created here. Pastors and overseers and other leaders in, in the church, I'd ask you to do the same thing. And it's kind of crowded, crowded. You can't tell who's doing what, so what? We're into a mess. 
Uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's a good thing when, when, you, when there's a little chaos going on. And, but just be covering people in prayer. If you can touch their shoulder, touch their shoulder, and just bring your will in alignment with God's will, that God's will be done in their life. And let's expect God to move. If my people are called by my name, will pray and humble themselves. Then will they hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. Holy Spirit, move right now. Lord, for every person that's come forward here, we're just praying that you will seal, seal the commitment that they're making, Lord God. Seal it, Lord God. Take them to a new level. Shift gears in their life. And Father, for those who are here because of some need that they need to pray for, Lord, we are right now covering them in prayer and asking that you, Holy Spirit, like a laser beam, just cut away everything that's not of you and do your powerful, loving work in their life. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Amen. Just worship him. Your face, your face is all I see. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Hallelujah. Worship him. Have your way, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. Will be done here, Lord. You're beautiful. Your will be done. Have your way, Lord God. Pour out your spirit your here, Lord. Is all I see. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit, Lord. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds in me. Let your will be done, Lord. Let your will be done, Lord. Let your will be done, Lord. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your spirit, Lord God. Pour out he your spirit. is exalted. The King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. Let's worship Him. He is exalted forever. Exalted yes, and I yes, will praise His yes, name. Yes, Sing it out. Oh, he is the Lord, forever his truth shall reign, heaven and earth, rejoice in his holy name, he is exalted, the king is exalted on high.
heaven and earth rejoice in your holy name you are exalted O king you're exalted on high you are exalted O king you're exalted you are exalted, O King. You are exalted on high. Lord, I exalt you. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, you are worthy. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, yes, Lord, we lift you up. Lord God, we praise you. Lord God, Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, Father, in Jesus' name, just agree with me in prayer. And there's power in numbers. When there's alignment and numbers, just, uh, there's a power in that. So let's agree together on behalf of the people that are here. Father, we just come before you in the authority of prayer. And as I'm praying, feel free to vocalize your own prayer. Uh, you know, just uh, put yourself into it. Father, we just pray for all the people that are up here right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for calling them up here. Lord God, we just agree with you. We just are aligned with you, Lord God, uh, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Lord God, we use the authority that you've given us as kingdom people in prayer to rule, Lord God. We now rule over anything in the spiritual realm that's not of you, and we come against it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord God, if anything that is in anyone's life that is up here, that is plaguing them, that is, that is oppressing them, we come against it in Jesus' name and we command it to leave in Jesus' name. We take authority over it in Jesus' name. Lord God, we ask that you be a laser beam in their life and cut away everything that is not of you in Jesus' name. Let it be done, Lord. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just pray, God, that you send forth a laser beam right now that welds, that seals, Lord God, that, that commitment in people's life here, Lord God, to be a prayer warrior, Lord God. Seal that in their in their heart lord god and burn away through the laser beam power of your spirit as we align our will with your will burn away any doubt or any confusion that is there any hesitancy that is there in jesus name father we disagree with you align our will with you in jesus name creating that laser beam from heaven lord god that you would lord god uh, uh, have your will done in the families of the people that are up here lord god we pray for their relationships lord god we pray that you send peace that you send uh, forgiveness lord god we come against anything that is inspiring bitterness in their life or unforgiveness in their life or confusion and communication in their life, Lord God. We align our will with your will and ask that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God, for the physical uh, issues in, in anyone's life that is up here, Lord. We pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name that you send forth your healing power right now, Lord God. And any who are sick, Lord God, we pray healing for them. Any viruses or bacteria that is there, we come against it in Jesus' name. Lord God, for any, any deformities that are here, Lord God, we pray that your healing power like a laser beam would right now come and be restoring people, Lord God, in every way, shape, and form. Let it be done. Let it be done, Lord. God, we together as your kingdom people align our will with your will. Lord God, on behalf of everyone who's up here, that you would, Lord God, like a laser beam from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind, Lord God, take people to the next level, Lord God. Open up their minds and open up their hearts and restore them, Lord God. Lord God, Lord, for those who are seeking direction, give them direction right now, Lord God. For those who are in confusion and despair, give them, Lord God, clarity and bring your joy, Lord God. For those who are under strongholds of oppression, Lord God, set the captives free. Set the captives free, Lord God. Set the captives free. With that laser beam, set the captives free, Lord God. With your power, set the captives free, Lord God. Lord, let there be a releasing like a rushing mighty wind over this place right now on behalf of everyone who's up here, Lord God. Lord God, if there's any level of resistance in a person's heart, Lord God, any area of unbelief, a stronghold there, we, Lord God, covenant together with you, aligning our will with you, Lord God, that you would, like a laser beam, just come in and pierce that. You can cut through any stronghold, any principality and power when our heart is aligned with yours. And we just use that right now in Jesus' name on behalf of the people that are up here, Lord God. Bring restoration, bring healing. 
Lord God, for those who are, for those who are worried, there's anxiety, there's fear. Lord, we right now as covenant, as your people, Lord God, align our will with your will and the power of prayer. Lord God, and ask that you would just form a laser beam that right now would cut away that anxiety, cut away that worry, cut away fear. Lord, your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. Cast out the fear right now, Lord God. Whatever it's about, cast out the fear, Lord God. Bring that tranquility, that peace, that passes understanding. Let it be done right here and right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let your spirit fall in Jesus' name. Flushing out everything that is uh, of the enemy's pollution in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Have your way here, Lord. Have your way here, Lord. Have your way here, Lord. Uh, have your way here, Lord. For, 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 for those who maybe are up here out of heartache and sorrow, we in Jesus' name uh, stand in the gap on their behalf and pray that you would just pour out your joy. You are called the comforter, Holy Spirit, and you comfort like a laser beam when the people of God are in alignment with you. Hallelujah. Bring that comfort. Bring that comfort. Bring that relief, Lord God. Bring that healing, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Let's sing that one more time. You are exalted. Worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Exalted, O King, you are exalted on high. And I will praise you. You are exalted forever, exalted. And I will praise your name. Hallelujah. You are the Lord. Forever your truth shall reign, heaven and earth, rejoice in your holy name. You are exalted, O King, you're exalted, you are exalted, O King, you're exalted, you are exalted, O King, you're exalted. We exalt you, Lord, we praise you, Lord, we worship you, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. We exalt you. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. The church is an unstoppable force when it's walking in the authority of Jesus Christ. Unstoppable, unstoppable. And there's so much we can do when we are just trusting in the power of prayer. Praise God. I want to end this this way. Um, if you're here th this morning and you don't know Jesus, you you've never really surrendered your life. You maybe you've played church, but you never surrendered your life to him. Uh, up here to my right and your left, way up here behind the crowd, there's a sign there. And uh, uh, we'd like you to go over there, and there's a person who would, I, I encourage you to do this, uh, explain to you how, how to surrender to Christ. It's the easiest thing in the world. Become a disciple, and we've got a Bible and some other literature we want to give you. So cut through the crowd right over there, and there'll be a person who will help you out here. If God's doing something with you up here, I don't want to break that. Uh, and so uh, Dave will continue to just lead and worship however God leads him. And if you want to stay and pray, uh, feel free to do that. I would like to ask those who are the, the prayer uh, intercessors here to keep on walking. And if you see a person praying, just touch your hand on their shoulder and pray for them. And uh, that God will do his will in his life. Praise God. Lord, as we leave this place, seal into us the importance and the urgency even of prayer. Make us a people of prayer, a house of prayer. Lord God. And help us to, in faith, pray and in faith see the answers for prayer and just trust that you are going to do mighty things. If your people pray, then you move. And we're trusting you to move, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing right here in the lives of these people. We bless you for that, Lord God. Continue your work in Jesus' name. 
Go out and build the kingdom. Feel free to keep on praying as long as you need to pray up here. Amen.